Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, you're in the right place. This is Business of Design, and we're going to look at what happens when you stay busy, you stay stuck. You do. I am so grateful to designer and stager Lori Pedersen, who gave me permission to share some of our private coaching sessions with all of you. You are going to hear a series of clips with Lori and her amazing team where we talk about some of the difficulties that are so typical for entrepreneurs. It is so hard to let go of control for so many of us, but moving forward often means completely letting go and allowing others to work on and succeed in your projects. I have the privilege of coaching this talented group of design professionals and stagers. Lori's been a member of Business of Design for years on and off, but like so many busy professionals, she's had challenges implementing What do I mean by that? Well, she listens to a webinar or a podcast. She completely relates to the conversation. In fact, she gets all fired up and she decides right then and there that this time she means business. She's really going to take action. It's equivalent to reading about a new diet. Uh, For example, uh, wheat belly. Let's say you run across this title and you go, let me have a look at that and read it along. I think, wow, really? This is fascinating. I never knew all this. And then, oh yeah, that has totally happened to me before. I completely get that. Oh my God, this author's been reading my diary. That's it. I am going to start the wheat belly diet on Monday. Do you feel me? But what happens? Well, for one thing, currently it's Thursday, not Monday. So right there, what? I'm giving myself a little extra time to think about it. Or more likely, I tell myself, I'm giving myself a little extra time to plan for it. So for the next few days, I'm not really going to stress out about my diet or my weight loss or any of that. I'm just going to prep myself emotionally and mentally for what's going to happen on Monday. But then what happens on Monday? Monday starts like every other Monday, totally busy. A project has gotten complicated and suddenly I need to squeeze in a site visit into what was already a day that was way too full anyway. I know what I'll do. I'll go around noon. I will jump in, I'll figure things out, and then I'll be back on track. So that happens. And guess what? Crisis is averted. However, it's now 2.30 and I haven't had lunch. I'm starving. I didn't pack a lunch because Monday hit me so hard and I just went running out the door. Which is weird because on Thursday of last week, I was 100% committed to packing my lunch every single day. But no worries, I'm sure I'll drive past some suitable place where I can get myself an appropriate lunch. Sure enough, there's a Starbucks, so I go inside. I have every intention of ordering hard-boiled eggs, 
but the paninis smell so good. And to be honest, it's so much easier to eat a sandwich in the car while I'm driving than it is to eat a hard-boiled egg, which I have to dip in salt. So you know what? Oh my God, I can't even think. I'm too hungry. I'll just have the panini and I will start Wheat Belly tomorrow. That's how it can go with business of design as well. It's not enough to get riled up. It's not enough to be motivated and excited and decide to take action. You actually, at some point, have to take action. And the best time to take action, always, without exception, is right now, this minute, not Monday. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses plus Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. We're going to get down to business, I promise, but I have two quick announcements. Number one, on May 30th, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. EST, you can join Director of Operations at Business of Design, Cheryl Horn, for a webinar. If you have questions about how to become a member, why should you become a member, what's behind our private membership at Business of Design, now is your chance. That is May 30th, 1 to 2 p.m. You will need to register at businessofdesign.com. It's free to anybody who wants to attend. And Cheryl has been with me so long, it's very likely if you have a question about how we work and our procedures, she can answer it. And the second thing is this, we have one spot available for Palm Springs. We had a soft sold out on it, life happened, somebody's asked to back out, of course it's not a problem, we'd love to fill that spot. Is it you? So registration is open. In the event, you go to businessofdesign.com to register and it says closed. Please let us know to put you on the waiting list because it happens very often that one or two spots become available. That's October 18th to 21st. I promise you will be deep diving and implementing. I will not let you leave that retreat without doing some actual implementation. So I'm very committed to that hard work, a lot of fun, and a lot of learning in terms of architecture and design as well. We'll be spending quality time together, having meals together, coaching as a community, and I anticipate that we will leave Palm Springs as best friends or darn close. Now, let's listen in to Lori and her team and see if you can relate. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you guys? Good. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> I know, right? So did Cheryl send you my list of struggles? I have them here. I have them right here. So who's going to be on the call today? Just you? So there's going to be me and Sonia. Hi, Sonia. How are you? How are you? Good, good. This is Natalie. Hi, Natalie. Out of the list of the things Cheryl sent me, and I have it open here on another screen. Okay. um, Managing growth, delegating, uh, 
Sounds like delegating is a big part of stuff. Where should we, where should, what's the problem? What's happening? Where's the bottleneck? I think I'm the bottleneck. Always. Always, right? Problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, what are, what are they saying about you? really the problem is is if you go through and say okay Lori what are your systems and who does this and who does that and who does this and who does that everyone will probably just smirk and it'll all probably be like me (laughs) me right (laughs) right Um, so my experience with this and maybe Sonia and Natalie can back it up is that was exactly what my office was like and it was fine for me. I was tired. Uh, it was fine for me. And I thought it was fine for Kathy and Vic. I'm going to use Kathy and Victoria because they've been with me. Like they're kind of always there. So, it, and I thought it was fine for Kathy and Victoria. But when we started making changes, Kathy and Victoria got way happier because in a sense, I was kind of robbing them of the opportunity to be autonomous and own the project. It was always my project and they were helping. And to be honest, today, sometimes it feels like I'm the helper, <laughs> which is great, actually, I have to tell you. It's really good. But I don't know if Sonia and Natalie have any insights on what that feels like. It feels like a lot of times we're waiting for Lori to finish her steps so that we can then do what she has delegated to us. There's a little bit of um, hurry up and wait. Um, I just find that, um, like I have definitely amazingly intelligent, capable people here and I'm not using them to their full Mm -hmm. or even half capacity. I don't think. Yeah. (laughs) Already. That's a huge start. You guys, if you just can acknowledge that that's a very big deal. And I actually found that for me was one of the bigger hurdles. I didn't see that. And I don't, I don't even know that they necessarily saw the full extent of it, but when it changed, everybody went, Oh, this is so much better. Like this is just so much better. So in that first clip, you are hearing Lori and two members of her team, Natalie and Sonia, describe one of the problems, not the only problem, but certainly a problem that is creating a sore point for everyone in the office. And it's a problem that affects nearly every entrepreneur who is also the technician. The technician, of course, is a term coined by Michael Gerber of Emeth, where he describes the entrepreneur who knows how to perform the task that you're selling. So in our case, we're decorators, we're designers, and we know how to do all the tasks associated with performing that work. In fact, we're really good at those tasks. The technician knows how to get stuff done. The technician knows how he or she wants the task to look when it's completed. And very often, the technician is extremely capable and able to perform the tasks with ease. Keep in mind, the task can be vitally important to the work you do. For example, when you go to a consultation, you have to develop an effective, thorough scope of work. That's vitally important to the project being a success. But the task can also be mundane. For example, picking up the library at the office, putting all the tile together and organizing the wood samples and filing the fabrics back where they go. And even worse, the task can be pure time wasted. 
For example, you might head out to the store to find some jazzy new patterned file folders as a precursor to actually establishing a system for filing the paperwork at the office. When you are the ultimate technician, like me, you are willing to really throw yourself into the work. You will sacrifice evenings, you will sacrifice weekends, you will give up all of your free time in order to get the job done, and you will not quit. You also know how to do everything. Well, (laughs) at least I thought I knew how to do everything, and I wanted things a very specific way, and I was willing to put time in to make sure I got things looking exactly how I wanted them. If you know how to do everything and you know how to do everything best, ultimately you're probably going to do everything, right? And if you're doing everything, what then is left for those capable people you hire to work with you? They want to be helpful. They want to be productive members of the team. They want to have a stake in the winning and the losing of the company. They want to be invested. But what's left for them when you do everything? scraps. Yeah, they're working for scraps. If we were live together in an auditorium and I said, how many of you are in this just for the money? Very few hands would go up. The same is true for the people who work for you. They want a lot more than money. They need money. We all need money to pay the bills, etc. But they want to feel real satisfaction and know that they've contributed in a meaningful way into growing a business. If the only tasks left are those that are menial or inconsequential, it's not going to be fulfilling to someone who's talented and hardworking and committed. You're going to lose them. They'll hang around for a bit. They'll try to be helpful. They might even interject and try to take matters in their own hands. But ultimately, they will see that there really is no way to get between you and the task. Lori hired me to help her team work through systems and procedures that they've learned at Business of Design. But before we could even begin, we had to eliminate the bottleneck. And for those of you listening who are solopreneurs, I want to assure you, you can create a bottleneck all by yourself. Even as a one-woman or a one-man operation, there are so many people who could help you and assist you deliver projects on time and on budget. Suppliers, vendors, retailers, those people are ready and eager to help you get your job done more efficiently and more effectively. But we're so busy and so overwhelmed, we often don't give them enough information to be ultimately effective and helpful. When you do allow them to help and they genuinely have the tools they need to get the job done for you. Your workload gets smaller. Billable hours to clients get a bit smaller, and that's integrity. We like that. And those people become a vital part of your company, even though they're not on payroll. They become part of your we, as I like to refer to it. Let's hear some more from Lori and her team. So then maybe the, maybe rather than going through every system, why don't we just start at the top? And Lori, what do you like to do? What part of the job? If you could just do the part you like, what's the part you like? I like client meetings. I like selecting finishings for them, fabrics, wallpapers, all those kinds of things. Um, I like kind of closing the deal, getting the deal and closing the deal. And then I get bogged into 
you know, two weeks go by and I haven't placed the wallpaper order and I haven't done this and I haven't done that. Okay. Um, I'm laughing because I'm going to tell you what I like to do. I like to do the consultation, step mm-hmm. one. I loved trade day, so I want to be at trade day. I don't want to organize trade day. I don't want to get in touch with all the trades and schedule the timing, but I want to be at trade day to, right. to take notes and orchestrate and learn things and all that kind of stuff. I love the selections. I love step four. I want to go to Kravit or wherever and source fabric, and I want to go to Philip Jeffries and look at wallpaper, and I want to pull it all together, and I want to look for furniture, sometimes online and sometimes at stores, but I don't want to price it. I don't want to order it. I don't want to think about the budget. I just want to go and do all the fun stuff. Right. I don't want to choose it to see if it's here on time and, oh, it came in wrong. And right. Right. And then I want to be at the end. I want to be a part of step 10 and step 11. I want to be there when we do the installation and the styling. I want to select all the stuff for styling, too. I love to go you know, during kind of step nine and go to the stores and say, we're going to borrow that and that and that and that and that and that. And, uh, then I see it all arrive and I'm like, Oh, I know just where I'm going to put that. It's going to go over here. And then I want to be there for the big reveal. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. And then I don't want to do anything, (laughs) nothing. It sounds like the things that you like to do are the things that I like to do. Surprise. Yeah. Now, it may be that the things we like to do are the things that um, Sonia and Natalie like to do as well. So in that sense, it can kind of suck to work for us because we get to do all the fun stuff kind of, right? But then again, we're the boss and in the event something goes wrong, it's our name on the door and we we bear the brunt of all that stuff. So that's what I've just described is exactly how my office is set up. And what I discovered is I actually am not the best person at doing the orders because I'm always distracted. Really, that's a job that requires someone's full focus and attention because of the numbers and the math and the, you know, preparing the worksheets and preparing the client estimate and getting that, you know, all that stuff done is a full, it's kind of a full-time job. But as the owner of the company, I don't have full time to devote to that. I'm like meeting the next customer and I'm going to an event and trying to get a project that we've already done in a magazine or, you know what I mean? Lori and I have a fairly similar list of tasks that we love to perform as part of our work. Is that some kind of a weird coincidence? No, I actually don't think so. I have yet to meet an interior design professional who said, I went into this business because I love paperwork or I love accounting. We all went into it because we had a desire to do something fulfilling and thrilling with our lives. And perhaps we had a bit of talent when it came to pulling fabrics and furnishings together. But I know very few of us who relish the back end. For everyone, it's helpful, I think, to recognize those tasks that you like to perform and enjoy performing, and then have an equal list of those tasks that you'd rather not do. And I would say this is true even if you're a solopreneur, because at some point when you get ready to hire help, that list of tasks, the things you don't want to do, is exactly what you're looking for. And very often, you don't need another designer to do those things. Every single task that involves money on paper is a task that you could easily outsource once you have systems and procedures in place. 
I know I sound like a broken record, but you will need those things if you're going to mobilize anyone to work for you effectively. Until you have a solid, linear approach to a project and each of the tasks that falls within it, you are going to be fighting a losing battle. And I know what you're thinking. You're in your 20s, you're in your 30s, and you're thinking, I could do this forever. I am so strong, I will never quit. That's what I was thinking. It wasn't till I reached burnout that I realized something substantial had to change. And you don't have to wait until you're in your 30s like I was to hit burnout. And by the way, let's say you're in your 40s or in your 50s or in your 60s. Don't for a minute think you're doing yourself any service by not committing to new systems and procedures. You could have your most productive, lucrative years ahead of you and your happiest clients ever. I'm going to push Lori just a little bit harder in the next clip. She has been a great sport, and I want to remind everybody that it's really not easy to be in her shoes. It's so hard to be the boss, right? We have so much responsibility. There are mouths to feed and clients to take care for. But keep in mind, the conversation you're going to hear here is six weeks later than the first one you've heard. And, well, you'll see what's going on. So is any of this feeling like this could be the solution you're looking for? Definitely. Um, the one problem is, is that none of us are trained designers or sort of, you know, we're not educated as interior designers. We've never worked in an interior design firm. Um, we are just kind of winging it. Um, I don't know what a firm looks like from the inside. So really, I think what we're trying to do is um, just how do we become a little design firm? I anoint you as a design <laughs> firm. Um, okay, I know I've said this to you before, but you know who Vincent Wolf is, right? Yes. He never had a class. He's just a little design firm who's like, you know, pretty much in every issue of El Decor. And, you know, that's a particularly female problem right there. Like guys don't struggle like that. Um, the guy who created Facebook just was a little guy working out of his basement. Um, and what, what you've told me is that you're, um, you're growing every year, every year you kind of double the amount of work that you do. That's not a little firm anymore. So you're, you're having big firm problems, you know, or medium firm problems, let's say, because maybe a big firm is general motors. I don't know. But you're not a little design firm anymore. That just doesn't work. That's the thing you got to put to the side. Thank you. But you're at the point where you're going to force yourself down to be a smaller company than you should be if you don't solve some of this bottlenecking. Right. It sounds like you've got a team who wants to make a difference. So letting them make a difference is, is a very big step, right? And it's a little scary at first because I started out as a major control freak, I want to control everything they did. And now it's like, oh my gosh, they're so much better at, Kathy in particular is so much better at project management than I am. Like just, I need to get out of her way and let her do it. And sometimes she makes mistakes or, you know, Cheryl makes a mistake. That's okay. I make lots. <laughs> I make lots. So sometimes you even have to let them make a mistake and then they go, okay, I'm never going to do that again. Mm -hmm. The difference between how a, a little firm that's, you know, running like one step above a hobby and what you're doing is systems and procedures. Right. So that's what's missing for you guys, it seems like. 
Yeah, we've yeah. got some pretty good systems and procedures down pat for the staging side, design side, where it's all just kind of in my briefcase and I just drag or in these project bags and I just drag them around. <laughs> her face, uh, yeah. Look at her face. <laughs> That's my face too. <laughs> so you're taking stuff home. Cause uh-huh. I'm just going to work on it after dinner. I'll put it together. Who works until 2 AM. Yes. And that was why the office was supposed Look to end that. <laughs> wow okay so here's so my prediction is that it will never ever ever end if you don't do it dramatically i know like rip off the band-aid right <laughs> yeah like not be allowed to take the bag home for example yeah which is terrifying probably to avoid. <laughs> yeah. i used to call it the second we called it the second shift after yeah. the kids were in bed and whatever the second shift Um, And I thought that's just what you did, but that's actually not what big companies do. All right. Show of hands. Does this sound familiar? I'm not really a proper firm because fill in the blank. In Lori's case, the blank is I don't have a formal education as an interior designer. She discounts completely the training she's had to learn how to stage and her on-the-job experience decorating. That on-the-job experience, by the way, with real clients and real budgets is infinitely more important than the training you get behind the scenes. And I'm not saying you shouldn't go and get a formal design education if you're an interior designer. Absolutely, you must have it. But if you're doing staging and decorating, you want to take courses so you become good at your craft, but there is no formal education required. So Lori doesn't have an interior designer qualification. She doesn't need one. She is not building homes or even renovating. They have a robust clientele of people who hire them to do staging, and then that clientele is so happy they want them to continue into their new home and help them with decorating. For that, she has all the qualifications she needs. What she's missing is confidence. Oh, believe me, there are other excuses that keep us small besides I don't have a formal education. How about this one? I just work from home. I don't have a real office. Or it's just me. I don't have a staff. Or this one. I do it on the side. My kids are little and I'm just dabbling in it until they get a little bit older. That's a very effective one because... Even though the kids don't stay little, they continue to need and want and deserve your love and attention as they're growing. And even into their 20s, I can speak for being a mom whose kids are in their 20s, you're still going to be involved. So that's an excuse that can completely protect you from really going for it until you are well into your 50s. Another excuse guaranteed to keep you small is the, I don't really have to work excuse. Your spouse or your partner makes a sizable income, so you just work for fun. All of these familiar refrains keep us small. They keep us from being the business person we know we want to be, and they keep us from having a million-dollar firm. They protect us from the possibility of failure. When we have these excuses, when we rely on these excuses, we fall back on them and we never really step up. Why bother? It's too hard. I came to this exact crossroads myself 20 years ago 
I tried hiring staff, but I was unsuccessful at keeping them. They were unsatisfied, and after some time, they left. After years, and yet another excellent human being quitting my employee, and another weekend sacrifice to, quote, catching up, When I realized it was never going to change and I couldn't work any more or any harder or any faster or any smarter, I wanted to quit and I intended to quit. I was in a really good position to quit. Number one, my husband has a great job and a terrific income. I also, at the time, had a television series of my own on HGTV Canada. We did 265 episodes and that was enough career for anyone. In addition to that, though, I was decorating editor of Style at Home magazine. So I had plenty of opportunities. I did not need to keep working with clients. It was so hard. It was so painful. Why wouldn't I just give up? I don't know. I'm not a quitter. I really felt like a failure. I was on TV being an expert in interior design, but behind the scenes, I was let's be honest, not exactly killing it. I was not winning over clients for a lifetime. I was not getting the repeat and referral business I wanted. And that caused me a great deal of shame. I wasn't even getting beautiful photographs for my website because you never get those unless you finish the job completely. And none of those things, by the way, happen because you join a Facebook community and you're being authentic with your peers or because you listen to a podcast. Those things I described, repeat and referral clients, beautiful photography of finished projects, those things happen because you have systems and procedures in place so that every job starts at step one and finishes at step 15. Systems and procedures for every single task, systems that are repeatable, you can do them over and over again and know that they're going to work and know that you're going to get to the other side of the task. I would like to tell you it was enough for Lori to have me anoint her as a right and proper design firm and it was enough for me to tell her it was time to let go and let her staff actually take ownership of some tasks. But listen into the subsequent call where I am asking about homework that's been assigned but hasn't quite gotten done. Hi, guys. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Good, good. I know this is going to be so exciting this morning because you got everything on your to-do list done and we're just going to power through to the next thing. I had a heck of a to-do list from last time, so I'll just go from the beginning. So the first one was that we're going to add this introduction sheet to the contract, which is going to be the start of how you're going to automatically transition staging clients into design and decorating clients. Right. And I didn't send that to you. But you did it. Yeah, it is done. Natalie did it for us. Right. And it looks really good, but I just need to send it to you. Okay, yes. And then as part of that, you I think it was Sonia's idea to include how the consultation will work. That that's going to be part of that, right? Because the concern was after you've already met them at staging, are they going to balk at then charging them to go meet them for the consultation? Right, it's true. So, so that's going to be part of it. Is it already part of it? 
it's on your computer. Where on your computer? The next thing was to write a system for Fran to do billable hours and invoicing. This is going to change your life. So that is happening on Wednesday. We have a training session with her on Wednesday. Right. We wanted this to kind of be done in advance of that training section, tra session. And then so at that training session, she could actually walk through the steps and you could see if there were any holes. Except for the fact that um, I'm getting trained too. So it's, it's getting us off of Excel and off of me doing the Excel um, invoicing and onto QuickBooks. So both Fran and I are being trained on QuickBooks and then she will take it over from there. Okay, so that's micro. I want to talk macro. Okay. The micro is we're going to input it into QuickBooks. The macro is this is the system that happens every single month without fail. So in my office, for example, by the fifth of the month, they get an invoice. So what a few things that lead up to that. I have an automated reminder in my calendar on the 28th of every month. Billable hours are due. It's a, it goes to me. It goes to every person who works for us. So it reminds them, make sure your billable hours are up to date because on the 30th or the 31st of the month, mm -hmm. the person who creates the invoices should have access to those documents. Right. What used to happen is it was the first, it was the third, it was the fourth. Oh my God, come on, Sonia, get your hours done. Like, come on, I got a biller, hurry up. Oh my God, oh, I'll do it tonight. Like it was kind of, you could tell that there was chaos and people weren't logging all their hours then because they were sloppy. Right. So it's a way of creating discipline from the beginning of the process through the end, right? And then what happens is after the 31st, it could be the first or the second because it might be a Saturday, Sunday, it could be the third, right? The first and second could be a Saturday, Sunday. So it could be as late as the third. Whoever's going to be doing them has a very clearly defined procedure for creating the billable hours. Right. And then you, you have that written once. Every single time you do that job, you just cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste. You go back to last month's billable hours, you go, all right, you know. So it seems like, oh my God, what a bother. But it actually turns into be such a gift. That's the system we're looking for. Okay. And then the only other two things on the list were Ring Central and Dropbox. So how are those going? Well, we have a roadblock with um, Ring Central, and I'll pass it along to the roadblock. <laughs> well, okay, no, it's not exactly a roadblock, but what I'd like to do is be prepared. Like, I just don't want to hit the button on Ring Central when we don't have any scripts in, in, in place. We don't know how we're going to answer the phone. We don't know who we're going to pass it to, depending on what they say, all of those kinds of things. So... Huh. I do need it to be kind of planned and agreed upon and written out before we hit the button. The reality is, for Lori, and certainly was for me, completing even the most basic systems is a painstaking process. But I promise Lori, and I promise you, that if you'll start where you are and wipe the slate clean, ignore and forgive any and all past attempts and take action today, you can dramatically change your business and your life. 
So here's your homework. How do you like that? I'm going to give you some homework. I would love to suggest you schedule two blocks of time on your calendar each week. Two two-hour blocks of time. Anytime, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. Protect those appointments. Don't book anything else during that time. Use those two-hour blocks of time. It's only a total of four hours a week to create and use systems. Don't read about them. Don't think about them. Don't talk about how great it'll be when you have them, but actually begin to create them. Write down the steps to whatever task you have in front of you. No deferring. Write a system down no matter how imperfect it is. And of course, if you're already a member of Business of Design, take our systems. There are hundreds of them. Take any one of them. Attempt to use it. Does it work for you? Terrific. It's yours. You have a system. If you need to tweak it, tweak it. Maybe you need a system for writing log sheets. Maybe you need a system for billing clients or for collecting on bills with clients. How do you write a worksheet? How do you write a purchase order? What's in a client invoice? How do you use a profit and loss statement? How do you project income year over year? Start today to make actual changes that will impact your life. Any action, no matter how small, will lead you closer to success. But thinking about it will never get you any closer to success. Let's hear a final word from Lori. And you're the only person who can make these kinds of decisions? No, we no, we have to do it together, but I have not been able to be in the office for two weeks. Why together? What would happen if you assigned the task to someone who works for you? When I go back to that first conversation from memory, one of the things you asked me about was scaling your office, that you get bigger every year and it's continuing to grow and that's amazing and that you felt you had great people, but you wanted to go to the next level. I guess it's a come to Jesus moment where you decide whether or not, what, what does the next, next level look like? Because maybe you really don't want to go to the next level. No, I do because I am burning out big time. And there it is. Burnout. B-O. It stinks. I guarantee I can get Lori and her team through her burnout. I think she is on the cusp of making a tiny change that is going to have extraordinary results. When that happens, I will get her to tell you all about it. I promise. Let me end with this. I mentioned Michael Gerber and Emith before. Tiny little book that implanted such big ideas in my head. One of the things that I read in that book and I thought was absolutely ridiculous was his suggestion that if you are the boss of the company, you should be able to spontaneously take a day off or a week off whenever you want. That sounded absurd to me. That is something you can do if you have a team of people working for you, and I mean a very big team, but it couldn't apply to me. And I happened to share that idea with the people I work with, and they became committed to getting the office set up in such a way that that could actually happen. It's funny, when I was in my 30s, when I was in my 40s, I never really needed to pull spontaneous time off. 
But in the last few years, I've had a couple situations with family members who became ill and I had to stop everything and go to their side. And I wanted to do that. And I was so grateful that I was able to do that with so little fanfare and so little disruption to the business. I've also learned that clients are thrilled to hear I'm going on holidays. They're not remotely unhappy because they know their projects will continue to run smoothly in my absence. That seemed like a crazy idea to me. I remember trying to schedule a massage for myself when things were so crazy at work. I thought, I really need to do this. It's good for me. And I remember driving like a maniac to get to the appointment, cursing in my loudest voice because I couldn't find a parking spot, running into the appointment late, throwing myself on the table, trying to unclench every single part of my body, enjoying an hour massage, and then racing away from that relaxing appointment back to the office to get more work done. It really seemed counterproductive. Today I know that there's plenty of time in the week for me to schedule those appointments that are important to me. I can get my hair done. I can get my nails done. I can do all those things Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, because I have systems and procedures that keep every single project moving forward efficiently. I want that for you guys too, and I don't want you to be in your 50s when it happens. Start where you are. I'll be thinking of you when I'm drinking wine and visiting the museum in Bilbao. Thanks for being here. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas, and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187, extension 107, or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.